SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number three of the morning after on this Wednesday right here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM channel 159. Home for SportsGrid radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid network. I am Ben Stevens. Hour number three. Each and every weekday right here on TMA is happy hour. And this is going to be a very happy hour indeed. We begin with our West Coast wake up. We'll look at some of the postseason positioning for teams in Los Angeles in the NBA. The final week and a half of this NBA regular season. Andrew Bocci, Bocci Galupa, will join us next for some of his best bets. Coffee in caps with Bocci coming up in just mere moments. If you haven't heard, a man by the name of Eldrick Woods, otherwise known as Tiger, was at Augusta National yesterday, getting a feel for the course, walking around, seeing if he might be able to play in the Masters next week. We'll get Cam Rogers on the show from the Believe Podcast Network to join us to see if there is a realistic shot that Tiger Woods can play in the Masters. And if he does, can he compete? And then DMB, Drew Martin Betts, helps us decipher some of those lines for the Final Four in New Orleans on Saturday night. But first, our West Coast wake-up. We welcome in our West Coast audience and a special shout-out to Spectrum Sportsnet LA, the home of the Dodgers out there in Los Angeles. And right now, it's a story of two teams going in slightly opposite directions in LA as it pertains to the Western Conference standings. The Lakers are the team sliding down the board. Now on the outside of the play-in tournament, looking in, and will they find a path in? It's looking rather bleak right now for the Lake Show. Losing last night by 18 points on the road in Dallas with the Mavs winning 128-110. They were down, the Lakers were, 82-56 at the halftime break. Luka Doncic was fantastic. 34 points, 12 dimes, 9 boards, 4 of 12 from 3-point land. And that is where the Mavs have been for most of this home stretch. They've won 4 of their last 5. They've covered in all 4 wins last night as a 12-point favorite, easily covering that number against the Lakers. But that needs to be the focus right now. The Lakers, who have lost three straight games, seven of their last nine. And as I mentioned, now on the outside of the postseason, because of that loss last night, San Antonio based on a tiebreaker, the Spurs into the 10th spot, the Lakers in that 11th spot in the Western Conference. And yesterday we were talking about the odds, what they looked like for both teams to make the play-in tournament. San Antonio was minus 165, a better price and a more favorable number than that of the Lakers, who were minus 125, but still in minus money. This morning, the Lakers in plus money, plus 165 to make the play-in tournament as of this morning in San Antonio is minus 290. We'll look at that from a playoff perspective for both LA teams here in just a moment. But first, we flip it over to the Clippers, who were home last night in Crypto.com Arena. The Lakers were without LeBron and Anthony Davis last night, but the Clippers got some help. Paul George making his return to the lineup for the first time since before Christmas, and he led a dramatic comeback victory down by as many as 25 points in that third quarter against Utah. The Clippers come back to win 121-115. A 25-point second-half lead for Utah, and they flounder that with PG scoring 34 points in his return, 6 of 9 from deep, 
34 points in only 31 minutes for Paul George. The Clippers winning outright as a two-and-a-half-point underdog. A welcome to our Sports Grid radio audience here, our third and final hour on the morning after on the Spiz Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159, all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. I am Ben Stevens. Welcome to the West Coast Wake Up. We bring in our West Coast audience. It's almost playoff basketball time in Los Angeles. The Clippers are going to be in the play-in tournament at the very least, and got some help last night from Paul George's return to the lineup. 34 points in 31 minutes in a comeback victory over the Utah Jazz, 121-115. The Clippers are firmly locked in to that eighth spot in the Western Conference playoffs. They will be in the play-in tournament in that 7-8 game. That's why their odds right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook to even make the play-in tournament are off the board. We don't really care at the moment because they'll be in the play-in tournament. The Lakers yesterday were minus 125. This morning, no longer in minus money, plus 165 on the FanDuel Sportsbook to make the play-in tournament. Not favored to even make the play-in right now. They have the same record, the same win percentage as the San Antonio Spurs, but the Spurs have that tiebreaker. The Spurs in action tonight, a five-and-a-half-point dog at home against the Memphis Grizzlies, who continue to play without Jaw Morant, but have been great without Jaw. 18 of 20 games without Jaw, the Memphis Grizzlies have won. But now as we look at the Clippers to actually make the playoffs, that might be the bigger story. Minus 355 yesterday. Briefly this morning, these odds were updated to minus 520 for the Clippers to make the postseason from that 7-8 game. That would say to me that in that 7-8 game, most likely against the Minnesota Timberwolves as that number seven seed, the Clippers would be a substantial favorite because Paul George is back and might Kawhi Leonard be soon on his way to return as well. A torn ACL in his right knee last playoffs. Always the hope was to get Kawhi back for this postseason push for the Clippers. And the Lakers' odds now to make the playoffs plus 520 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Maybe some value in that 9-10 spot if they were to win that game over the Pelicans most likely and then might even be favored to play the T-Wolves that the Clippers win in that 7-8 game. But I don't know how you have any sort of confidence left in this Lakers team. They're next up in Utah tomorrow in Salt Lake on a Thursday. LeBron James not expected back for that one as well. Coffee and Caps with Bocci. That's next here on The Morning After. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. As Brian Kelly, the new head coach of LSU football, would say, family. And that's what we do here on the morning after on Sports Grid each and every day. I am Ben Stevens. You are listening on Sirius XM Channel 159, watching all across the Spiz Grizz Network. And part of our family is our fantastic intern, who's really not an intern. He is a savant when it comes to capping the NBA and college basketball. Andrew Bocci, Bocci Galupo. His nickname, Bocci. And that's what we bring him here for right now. Coffee and Caps with Bocci, who had some coffee this morning, is energized to give you his coffee pick of the day, which is his best bet for the day. So, Bocci, thank you for joining us here once again on the morning after. 
Ben, I'm very excited. I get coffee. I get picks. It's that simple. 14 and 7 rolling when I get coffee and give picks. And we're going to keep the train rolling. A lot of NBA tonight. And let's get, let's get to the action, Ben. And maybe some of you aren't Snapchat friends with Andrew Bocigalupo, so you don't know the 14-7 and record. I can vouch for it, but that's why we bring him here to the airwaves on the morning after and on the grid. We begin with a game not far away from us, Bocci, here in Midtown Manhattan at the Garden. MSG, the host for the Knicks and the Hornets tonight. Charlotte, a three-point road favorite. What is the play for this one tonight between the Buzz and those New York Knicks? Gotta love the Charlotte Hornets. The, the Hornets are five. They've won five straight road games, and they are teetering mm. right there to creep into the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, right behind Brooklyn, game behind the Nets in the Eastern Conference standings. And Charlotte owns that tiebreaker over the Brooklyn Nets. The Hornets, MSG, big stage, LaMelo ball, the play tonight. 20-plus, and the Hornets to win is at plus 182 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Little player performance double. The Hornets, as a team, have been phenomenal on the road, but LaMelo Ball has gone over that 20-point total in his last four games against the Knicks last mm. week. Had a little bit of a boom performance, 32 points. He's averaging 22-7 and seven against the Knicks this season. I love when stars play in the Garden because they play well in the Garden. That's just what the Knicks do. They let all of the other opposing stars perform well in their building. So LaMelo Ball, I'm all over him tonight in the Garden. Stars also play well on the morning after. Andrew Bacigalupo, a star in the making. A great look there from a player performance double to give you some good odds tonight between the Knicks and the Hornets. Also, Bacci, you've been predicting the future pretty well, especially in the NCAA tournament. A ton of teams cashing a Sweet 16 ticket for you, including Michigan, and then Villanova cashing a plus 550 ticket to reach the Final Four. We'll get to your thoughts on the Final Four later in this segment, but there's a future price that you have on those Charlotte Hornets as well, correct? Yeah, I took the Hornets to make the playoffs back in February. FanDuel put out uh, a couple odds for teams to make the playoffs, and you could just bet a yes or a no. The Hornets were at plus 410 one February night, and I decided, hey, the Charlotte Hornets make sense to make the NBA playoffs, and here we are, the Hornets sitting in the play-in tournament currently, and they could be a team that could really pick it up down the stretch. A lot of young guys, mm. Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, I love what they've been doing offensively. They've just been coming out with some fire lately. That game against Brooklyn, although – a monster performance from Miles Bridges. LaMelo Ball in that game just seemed to do everything. The Charlotte Hornets are a young team with a lot coming for them, but they know now if they could jump on the opportunity to get themselves some playoff experience, could be big for them in the future. I would not count the Hornets out of the playing tournament whatsoever. In that nine spot right now would be the 9-10 game between Charlotte and Atlanta, taking on the loser between Cleveland and and Brooklyn, the Nets would certainly be favored in that basketball game. So as we stick in the Eastern Conference, Bocci, a huge one at the top of the Eastern Conference standings. The Celtics a game behind the Miami Heat for that number one overall seed in the East, but the C's a five-point favorite tonight against the Heat in Boston inside TD Garden. Miami is 15-6 and six against the spread as an underdog this year. 12 of those 15 covers outright wins. It's the reason Miami has the best ATS record as an underdog in the association tonight, Bocci. Am I wrong for looking at that side with Miami getting five points tonight? 
Absolutely not. Uh, if you are a viewer of the program, uh, I've come on multiple times saying that the Heat are the best team in the Eastern Conference solely for the fact that I think they're the best defensive team, although I think what Ime Udoka has been doing in Boston with the Celtics this season defensively, you've just been seeing them getting better and better and better. But Miami, I love all of their guys just meshing together on the defensive end. And Eric Solstra, I keep saying it, how great of a coach Eric Spolstra is. He's going to be able to make those in-game adjustments come a playoff game where you know, he may need to switch into his own. He may need to go into a box one and lock up a star mm. player of another team. I just think the coaching aspect of the experience and the championship of Eric Spolstra is going to resonate better with this Miami Heat team coming down the stretch. I love the Boston Celtics. I think they have been a great team this season, a great defensive team. But if we're looking at this matchup tonight, Bob, Bob Williams, Robert Williams, the torn meniscus is going Robert? to play a huge impact in the Celtics season the rest of the way. A huge defensive piece for them, grabbed a ton of rebounds. The Celtics need to figure out what they're going to do defensively now with a big presence of their defense missing in Robert Williams. I like calling him Bobbert. Bobby Will is good by me as <laughs> well for Robert Williams, averaging 10 and a half points nine and a half rebounds this year out for four to six weeks had that meniscus surgery this morning hope to have him back for that playoff run a little deeper into the eastern conference postseason and right now miami and boston battling it out for that top spot milwaukee only a half game behind miami for that number one seed in the bucks the favorites in the east at plus 270 bocce's nets 10 cents behind the second best price at plus 280 there you see the celtics and the heat Tied for the fourth best odds at plus 500. Now out to the Western Conference. Bocce, the two teams with the two best odds in the West. The Suns, the favorites to win another Western Conference crown at plus 115. The Warriors, plus 340. The Suns, a four and a half point favorite on the road tonight. The Suns have won eight straight. And offense has been looking good for Phoenix here as of late. Huh, Bocce? Absolutely. The Suns have looked like the team that beat in the West, which is exactly what they are. They're living up to the branding of the Phoenix Suns. The Golden State Warriors tonight are going to get absolutely shelled. The Phoenix Suns have looked incredibly amazing, and the Warriors have looked the total opposite. Looking at this game tonight, I love Phoenix to smash their team total over. It's currently at 113.5 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And the Suns in their last 10 games have gone over that number uh, on the road, that team total. The Phoenix Suns have been the dominant team in the Western Conference all year long, and I would expect them to do that tonight against the Golden State Warriors team that really just can't figure out what they're doing right now. The injury to Steph Curry has been massive to this team. Draymond Green has been struggling. Klay Thompson can't really get it going. And those two veteran guys surrounded by a lot of young players like Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, it's it's tough for them to get into a groove with having the veterans and the rookies trying to mesh in the end of the season without their best player in Steph Curry. Also keep an eye on Devin Booker, 35 points on Sunday against Philadelphia, 49 in the game before that. He's gone over 30 in four of his last six, the two times under 30, just 28 points. The book is on a tear as well. All right, Bocci, the reason that we're all here, tell me why Villanova advances to the national championship game with a win over Kansas on Saturday night. Two words for you, Ben, and I'm going to give you the two in the little V like the Villanova fans do. Jay Wright. Jay Wright is going to come out in the three-piece suit. He's going to go out yep. there, look professional, be professional, and play Villanova basketball. Jay Wright, I think, 
yes, Coach K is one of the final coaches standing in the final four here. But I think Jay Wright is the best coach out there right now that is going to make the in-game adjustments and control the game. Villanova, that's what they do best. They control the game. Kansas, frauds. They've looked like it all season. They've played not the best teams in the tournament. Villanova are some absolute dogs. Give me Villanova. Even though they're a man down going into this Final Four matchup, I love Jay Wright. I love the tempo, and I love the Wildcats. Get your head in the game. Bocci, you ready for this verbal meme? The pride of Hofstra. Jay Wright, Andrew Bocci Galupo. In one handshake meme. Getting ready for Saturday night in New Orleans at the Final Four. We look forward to next week in the Masters. Big news in golf up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A tiger always stalks his prey, and he needs to walk a course to get his feel. Tiger Woods was back at Augusta National yesterday, taking in the sights, seeing if he might be ready to play next week at the Masters. Eight days away, the Masters at Augusta National, the first major championship of this golf season. I am Ben Stevens. This is the morning after. And joining us right now on Sports Grid, it is Cam Rogers, the host of the Lock It In podcast for Believe, a guy that covers Tiger Woods like nobody else. He has followed Eldrick throughout his career here over the past eight to 10 years and knows what goes into the psyche of Tiger Woods really at all times. So Cam, as flight tracker season was happening yesterday and we saw the plane from Tiger leaving from Jupiter, Florida up to Augusta, Georgia, what were your thoughts? Did you think like many of us, is this actually happening? It's truly remarkable. And I said to myself, no, no, that's not him. It can't be, can it? The guy almost lost a leg a year ago, and here he is trying to warm up, get going for the Masters next week. A lot of rumors are out there. Is he actually going to commit, et cetera, et cetera? I have a breakdown for you guys in terms of when that announcement is going to happen, Ben. I saw this tweet yesterday. I would like to hear you break down that timeline right now because we're eight days away. The Masters begins a week from tomorrow, Thursday, April 7th. So we're going to need to know pretty soon as we head to tournament week in just a few short days. So Cam, what does that timeline appear like to you at this moment? Yeah, so my projection is very much evidence-based in terms of his past announcements when he was going to play or not play at the Masters. In 2015, he announced he was playing on the Friday before. 2016 and 2017, he announced he was not playing on the Friday before. My projection is he's going to make an announcement on the Friday before. If you even go further, Ben, to the actual times of when he released the tweet, he announced he was playing in 2015 just after 3.19 Eastern time. In the afternoon, 2016, 8.05 Eastern time in the evening. In 2017, 7.32 Eastern time in the evening. Tiger Woods, Ben, as they say in the journalism industry, is the master of the Friday news dump. So here is what I am going to tell you. He is looking for that final clarification that he is good to go to play the Masters tournament. Joey LaCava is there. Charlie is there. He would not have brought this entourage 
if he had doubts about his potentiality of playing next week. He probably has clearance from his doctors. Yeah, give it a go. It's all about pain tolerance at this point, right? So we're talking about a guy who won a U.S. Open on one leg, all right? So if it comes down to pain tolerance, Tiger Woods will have no problem whatsoever. He will play next week at the Masters. My projection is, and all the sports grid people out there, for whoever's broadcasting around this time, Tiger Woods is going to announce around 6 o'clock, 6.20, 6.30 Eastern time about his playing in the Masters next week. So whatever show is going live on Friday at that time over at Sports Grid, you'll have some breaking news. That is my projection. He will release his news that he's playing then on Friday. So Friday, 6 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, Tiger Woods will announce his declaration for this 2022 Masters. What do you expect that announcement to say? He's going to go. He's going to give it a go. He's going to play. I think he's ready to rock. Again, he shows up to Augusta yesterday with his entourage, plays a simulated round, right? So he's probably going through the fields today. How's the soreness, et cetera, et cetera. He actually can't practice today. Augusta has an event going on, so he probably won't announce today. So he'll probably play on Friday, right? And then get that final clarification announced on Friday evening. So happy hour time when everybody's having their drinks at the rooftop bars or wherever you're at across America. The phones will be lighting up. Tiger Woods will be playing the Masters next week. He is 50 to one right now, is Eldrick, the man known as Tiger Woods, to win the Masters on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Long odds, but not the longest we have seen for this tournament field. So Cam Rogers, if he does, in fact, play, and we get that announcement on Friday. Can Tiger Woods actually compete for the Masters this year? Here's what I'll tell you, Ben. Tiger Woods does not play a PGA Tour event unless he thinks he can realistically win that given event. He does not play for top 20s. He does not play for top 10s. He plays for trophies, green jackets, right? So I'll tell you that. He feels like if he commits, he can win the Masters next week. My projection, I don't see any value right now. Certainly not right now. Let's wait until he announces over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at 50 to 1. If he announces, I would assume that number gets a little bit shorter as the public money comes on in. But even still, it's just a lot to ask, Ben. And I guess I'll go back to one example back in 2010 after the scandal, right? Long layoff, shows up at Augusta, really didn't play all that great, and finishes T4. So you could have something like that where he pulls a rabbit out of his hat and actually finishes inside the top five, but we're talking about two different scenarios here. One was a PR nightmare. Another is an actual physical limitation, we think, right? So I think it's going to be a tall ask for him to actually win the Masters next week. I hate to be Johnny Raincloud after saying how excited I am about him playing in the Masters, but as we talked about off-air, Ben, perspective matters. He almost lost a leg a year ago. He is playing in the Masters which is something that I did not project. I thought the Open Championship was the most realistic timeline, talking about this year, for him to return to the PGA Tour. So just the sheer fact that he is coming back may be the biggest sports story of 2022. The fact that he is even here, the fact that he is playing practice rounds with his son, Charlie, at Augusta National in the hopes of playing the Masters 15 months after he declared there was a 50-50 shot, he was going to lose his leg, that mm -hmm. is a celebration. That is a moment we all need to appreciate in terms of Tiger potentially returning for the Masters. So, Cam, let's take it one step further. 
50 to 1. Obviously, long shot odds for him to even compete for a green jacket this year in 2022. The last time Tiger Woods won a major championship also at Augusta, the 2019 Masters. A return to glory as coined by Jim Nance. What would be a more impressive comeback victory in your mind if he pulls off the impossible and wins this year in 2022? Would it be the 2019 Masters, the 15th major championship, or the 2022 Masters, a potential 16th major title for Tiger Woods? And you know what, Ben? 25 years later from that 1997 Masters victory as well. I mean... I couldn't even script this. Hollywood couldn't even script this. It'd be truly amazing. It would blow 2019 out of the water, Ben, because in 2019, Tiger Woods was coming in with pretty solid tee to green form. I mean, it wasn't completely out of nowhere. He has no form right now, aside from the PNC championship. And again, he looks good and some golf rounds at medalist. And that's all we really have for data, but no actual PGA tour rounds here in 2022. It would be remarkable, truly remarkable. But again, it's like, it's Tiger Woods. He's Superman. So <laughs> there's an element to, oh, maybe we're not too surprised. But I mean, we're talking about so many physical limitations that he's gone through with this injury. If he comes back and can walk that golf course for four rounds in the heat of competition and win another green jacket, best sports story of 2022, perhaps of this millennium. I have chills just discussing this right now. And God forbid Coach K ends out his final year at Duke winning a national championship. I would love for Tiger not only a week later to surpass that as the best sports story of 2022. But there is an event this week as the best golfers in the world get geared up for a trip to Augusta and the Masters. The Valero Texas Open where Rory McIlroy is in the field and the favorite right now at plus 700. Some other big names there as well. Jordan Spieth. 11 to 1. Hideki Matsuyama, who won the Masters last year, 17 to 1. Bryson DeChambeau trying to round into form at 24 to 1. So, what is the approach this week, Cam, at the Valero Texas Open? Yeah, a couple perspectives here this week. By the way, there is a tournament this week. Funny, interesting. All right, <laughs> let's talk about the Valero <laughs> Texas Open. You know, it's been a hotbed for a lot of long shots in recent years. Corey Connors was 201 back in 2019. 201 was Andrew Landry in 2018. This is also Tinker Week, Ben, for the players who are already qualified for the Masters. So the likes of Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, Bryson DeChambeau in particular, I'm way off him this week. Those guys are probably working through their swings and probably playing more golf swing than, say, actual tournament golf this week. So I'm going down the board. A couple of outrights for you guys. Pat and Kazire, 50 to 1, all over this guy this week. Top 10 iron player in this field. He's 13th in opportunities gained. Five straight cuts made. A couple of top 25s in that span. A winner at the Sony Open and the Worldwide Technology Championship at Mayakoba. Both of those courses are corollary courses to this one, TPC San Antonio, the Oaks course. And then Chris Kirk at 34 to 1 over at FanDuel had a great Florida swing, T5 at Bay Hill, T7 at the Honda Classic, number one in strokes gained total in the last 12 rounds, third T to green, T6 here last year, T8 in both 2015 and 2018. So in the outright market, I'm going down the board a little bit because you look at the evidence and you've seen guys with zero recent form win here so it's a really volatile event and that favorite in rory trying to tune up his game for a potential green jacket that i believe cam rogers if i'm not mistaken would cap off the career grand slam 
for Rory yep. as we get ready for Augusta next week. So many storylines going into the Masters next week. The Valero Texas Open first. And, of course, maybe by Friday evening, around 6, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, Cam Rogers says, we'll know if Tiger Woods will be a part of the Masters field. Cam, the host of the Lock It In podcast for Believe, joining us here and breaking it down with the best. Cam, a very exciting time in the world of golf. Ben, I'm excited for it. Great to be with you. Excited to talk to you next week. Talk some Masters, hopefully with Tiger. It always makes it better when Tiger Woods is involved in the sport of golf. More the morning after. We're up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Final four in just three days in New Orleans on a Saturday night in the Big Easy. We look forward to that right here, right now, on the morning after, on a Wednesday, on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, all across the SportsGrid network. I am Ben Stevens. The final weekend of college basketball this year. We call on one of the best college hoops cappers there is. A man known as DMB, Drew Martin Betts. Back on TMA to look at the Final Four in the National Championship odds as we are just about 72 hours away from Final Four Day in NOLA, Drew. How excited are you not only to be on the morning after, but for the Final Four this weekend? Well, Ben, I mean, first off, the, the opportunity to be here with one of the best sports betting hosts in the industry, Wednesday mornings, 1140 Eastern. That is Big Ten Ben Stevens. Unfortunately, Ben, the Big Ten not getting any tickets punched into the final four neither is the sec yeah. though some call me sec drew uh I, I i do prefer dmb you know dave matthews band is a great band drew martin betts is, is uh hopefully a good final four sports handicapper so hopefully we can find some winners out there ben but always good to be on with you man and i am very excited for the final four and you know what i would have loved to go there uh the big easy a fun party town you know get the oh. final four going Hey, talk about Saturday night there. That's going to be a good time on Bourbon Street, buddy. Oh, certainly so. The amount of hurricanes that are going to be flowing down in the French Quarter, yes. you better believe it. The atmosphere, the excitement with this brand name power that we have in the Final Four. Three true blue bloods. You could add Villanova in there if you would like. Villanova, Kansas, Duke, and North Carolina. That atmosphere, that excitement, certainly something yes. I would have loved to be a part of as well. But we'll cover it here for you all week leading up to it and on game day right here on the Spiz Grid. So, Drew, let's start from a big picture perspective. The final four teams remaining, and then there were four. Duke is the favorite to win a national championship, plus 160. Kansas, 20 cents behind, plus 180. A drop-off to Villanova at plus 450, and then UNC, the longest odds out of this group of four at plus 500. Do you agree with the order of how these odds stack up right now for a national championship? You know what, Ben? I, I Yeah, I, I, I do agree with it. I mean, I think the two kind of favorites here are obviously the favorites for a reason. One, because they're the favorite in the final four game to get to the national championship. And whenever you're betting futures, you got to keep that in mind. So, I, and I would also put Duke at the, you know what, actually, as I'm looking at this, and I need to clarify, I'm not mm. a huge futures better. 
I would actually put Kansas um, in that top spot. I would I would switch Ooh. the top two, Ben. And to tell you the truth, I might actually switch the bottom two, although I don't, I'm not as confident in that one. But minus one six or what plus 160 and plus 180 here, Duke and Kansas. I would flip flop those two. The reason being, Ben, is you know Ken Palm, what he's been able to do in the analytics arena uh, since what 2002, I, and using his offensive and defensive efficiency ratings there has not been a national champion or actually excuse me 18 of the last 19 national champions have been in the top 25 in both offensive and defensive efficiency metrics the only one that wasn't was UConn in 2014 but still 18 of the last 19 that is a huge trend here and actually one of the participants in the national championship game the winner of the UNC Duke game is in all likelihood not going to qualify as the top 25 in terms of defensive efficiency metrics. I actually think there's something to that, Ben. Winning the national championship, winning these six games, primarily, you know, the Elite Eight, the Final Four, and the national championship game, you got to be good at both sides of the court. Not that UNC and Duke aren't good on the defensive end, but they're not elite. Therefore, I would kind of knock down Duke and North Carolina winner, and I would actually favor the Kansas Villanova winner. But also there's questions on the Villanova side, which we can break down, you know, in their final four game against Kansas because they're a little bit banged up. So, uh, yeah, I just think that there's something to those metrics in in what Ken Palm does in Duke and UNC not ranking in the top 25. Certainly so. There is always something to the Ken Palm metrics. And when Drew mentioned it, the defensive deficiencies of both UNC and Duke have them outside of the top 25. Both Nova and Kansas have a unit offensively and defensively that rank inside the top 20. Duke, the most efficient offense in the country, according to KP, but 45th in terms of defensive efficiency. UNC, the 18th most efficient offense, but the 39th on the defensive end of the four. A great perspective from Drew right there as you correlate the metrics to the odds getting ready for the final four and let's begin with the nightcap on saturday night drew of course a historic game the final dance in the final four for coach k during his time at the helm of duke men's basketball and for the first time ever meeting the old rivals in north carolina in an ncaa tournament game duke now just a four-point favorite against carolina with a total of 151 the spread the money line the total drew what stands out to you for duke and North Carolina. Uh, the spread actually does, Ben. You know, um, I think I think the underdog's barking for a couple reasons. First, just to tee it up, which you did a great job of. I mean, these two teams have played 256 times in the past and never in the NCAA tournament. Of course, never in the Final Four either. They've uh, combined for 36 Final Four appearances and 11 national championships, but never played in the tournament. Interestingly enough, of course, being from the same conference, they usually don't let you play until at least the Sweet 16. But still, I think it's quite a uh, uh, a rarity that we're going to get here in the Final Four and arguably yeah. America's top rivalry game here. You know, the the battle on Tobacco Road. Drew, I think also we're a having battle. a couple of issues with your visuals right now, some of that technology. We could hear you loud and clear, but this camera screen apparently has froze. So we'll try to get you back here in just a moment. But as Drew was saying... Duke, North Carolina. I believe Drew is back. A quick fix. That's what we love from a technology standpoint. Like a team making an in-game adjustment. Dan B, back right here. Continue on, my friend, about the battle of the old rivals from Tobacco Road in Duke and North Carolina. 
Hey, Ben, first world problems here, right? We got final four. What are we betting in my camera? Hey, you're right. The, the other team just went on a uh, six-score run. We can call the timeout. We're ready to rock here. But, uh, yeah, no, Duke offensively efficient at the top, man, like you were talking about. Um, also, their field goal percentage, very good. But UNC, actually, the metrics, I think the better defense, and especially the better defense of late. You know, I'm a huge handicapper in terms of what you've done for me lately. When you look at this Tar Heel defense – Hoover Davis, you know, a lot of people would probably rank him as the fourth best coach left in the final four. But when you look at the defensive side, Ben, they've let up 49 points, 66 points, 63 points, 59 points, and 43 points. Their last time out, by the way, on the defensive side of things. So over their last five non-overtime games played, which, by the way, are all tournament games, either ACC or NCAA tournament games, they've really turned it up here, only averaging against 56 points against on the defensive side of things, non-overtime games. I think there's something to that. They're turning it up defensively, plus the fact when you add in Last time played, the last game of the regular season, remember, UNC went into Cameron Indoor and beat Duke yeah. going away as 11-point underdogs. They put up 94 points against Duke. I, I look at recency here, not only defensively, but the last time these two played. Plus, we're getting the hottest team left in college basketball. The Tar Heels have won eight of their last nine, both straight up and against the spread here. We're catching, what, four points right now. I'd sprinkle a little bit on the money line, which I have done personally, and I'd take the points here. Give me the Tar Heels plus four. And, Drew, they've won outright in their last three games, booked as an underdog, including in that matchup to end out the regular season and Coach K's final game inside Cameron Indoor, playing spoiler on that night back on a Saturday in early March, hoping to do the same on a Saturday night now in early April at the Final Four. And that will be one of the biggest focuses of this Final Four in New Orleans. But of course, the first game up, the opening game of the evening, Villanova and Kansas. KU, a four and a half point favorite with an over-under much smaller than that total for Duke and UNC. This one between Nova and Kansas is at 133. You mentioned the absence of Justin Moore for Villanova. How much do you think, Drew, that affects this matchup against the Jayhawks? Big time. I mean, it's the second leading scorer here, Ben. And one thing I've had a lot of success with in college basketball handicapper is finding change and going from that point forward. We get it here in the Final Four with Villanova. Now, one thing I'll clarify is when there is change, either a coaching change, a scheme change, a player injury change, something of that nature, I'd like to watch the team for one game and see how they change schematically and then like to bet them going forward. So I have Villanova circled as a big bet in the national championship game if they're lucky enough to make it there. However, we don't get that luxury in the final four because Moore was injured so late in the game. This is kind of a guessing game here. Yeah. You know, guessing might be the wrong word, but we get, in my opinion, the best coach left in that. I know that's going to ruffle some feathers, especially Duke fans with Coach K and his kind of swung song here. But Jay Wright, what he's been able to do with Villanova, by the way, you know, Villanova is going for what their third national championship in their last seven years. So this team has really turned it on from a program standpoint. But talking about just handicapping this game, how Villanova is going to go at at uh, Kansas here without one of their best players is a huge question mark. Look, you mentioned the total 
being uh, 133, a lot lower total, but yeah. it's lower for a reason. This Villanova team is going to look to slow it down. And when you look at Kansas's opponents in the NCAA tournament, they face Miami, Texas Southern, and Creighton. None of those teams are looking to slow it down. They did face Providence, who does look to slow it down and is not as slow tempo as Villanova. So as Kansas matches up profile-wise with Villanova, I would actually look towards the under. I know it's not a big a big number here, but also when you add in the fact it's a neutral site game in a football stadium. This is the Caesar Superdome, and this is where the Saints play their home games. So we're getting that kind of added feature of it's not a basketball arena. You know, the sight lines are going to be different. The depth perception behind the basket is going to be different. I do think that that matters, Ben. And it it, it, yeah. it makes me kind of look towards the under here when you add in Villanova's kind of uh, defensive prowess, their slow tempo. I look towards the under, Ben, and I also actually look towards the dog. It's kind of a gamble here because we're not going to for sure know how Villanova is going to play without their second leading score. But the fact that Villanova is trying to break a record, guys, they're hitting 90 percent of their free throws in the NCAA tournament. If they keep on this pace, it will be the highest free throw percentage in NCAA tournament history. They're 53 of 59 from the free throw line. If they can knock down these free throws, we know in close games how important it is. I actually look towards Villanova catching the points as well, Ben. A perfect 15 of 15 from the free throw line in that yeah. win over Houston on Saturday night. So only a minute left here, Drew. You mentioned you like the dogs against the spread. But who plays in the national championship game and who cuts down the nets? I'd, I'd say UNC and Kansas. If you made me pick two to win straight up, and I'd probably just play in the numbers here, what they're giving us, what the odds makers are telling us. I think Kansas uh, cuts down the nets at the end. So uh, that's the way I'd go with the national championship pick. As of now, ask me again Monday morning. It might be a different answer, Ben. And that result on FanDuel, plus 500, tied for the third likeliest outcome. Look ahead line, the early one for the Natty in that situation with Kansas and North Carolina. KU would be favored by three and a half, according to FanDuel. DMB, we always appreciate your time. A great breakdown of the Final Four this weekend in New Orleans in the Big Easy. We round out TMA on this Wednesday. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We close out our three hours together here on a Wednesday on the morning after on SportsGrid in just a couple of moments. I am Ben Stevens. You have been listening on Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM and watching all across the SportsGrid Network. What a Wednesday it has been. Just a few days away from the Final Four in New Orleans on a Saturday night. The women's tournament also back in action in the Final Four just two days from now on a Friday in Minneapolis. We'll look at that in the coming days as well. The NBA in the home stretch of the regular season, only a week and a half left. Six, seven games remaining for most teams in the NBA. We got some Tiger Woods storylines leading into the Masters next week. What a time in the world of sports and what a Wednesday here on TMA. We ended out with our NBA best bet. So before we say farewell and before we say goodbye, it is time for Bye Bye Bye. 
The Memphis Grizzlies, a five-point road favorite tonight in San Antonio. The Spurs now in the postseason at the moment, the 10th spot in the West inside that play-in tournament field. The Grizzlies seem like they have a stronghold on that number two seed in the West. And the Grizzlies have won five straight games and covered in five in a row, even without Ja Morant. The Grizzlies this year without Ja, in fact, 18-2 and two straight up. That's without their leading all-star and one of the reasons why Desmond Bain he has been sensational in his sophomore season in the NBA his points prop tonight 21 and a half against San Antonio a number he has gone over in four of his last five games but this is a good number set by the FanDuel Sportsbook the reason why he's only gone over in five of his last 10 despite scoring 20 or more in eight of his last 10 Two of those times at 21, the other at 20. But I still like Desmond Bain on a big night with postseason positioning at stake to go over 21 and a half points for the Grizzlies. The morning after each and every weekday right here on SportsGrid. 9 a.m. Eastern time is the start. I'm Ben Stevens, and we'll talk tomorrow.